0: Now won't you give us, O Lord, the glory of the light of your gospel, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. 2020, it's halfway over. Can you even remember back to January of this year? It's hard, isn't it? It's real hard. Since then, we've had a worldwide pandemic, closed borders, restricted travel, half a million people dead worldwide. We've seen violence in the streets, heated racial tensions. We've seen statues and landmarks of our great nation torn down, trashed, and burned. We've seen joblessness on the rise. We've seen shops looted, burned, businesses closed down, probably never to reopen. We've seen loneliness and isolation set in, people without loved ones and community, making choices, many are very unhealthy with alcohol and drugs, suicide on the rise, graduations canceled, proms canceled, weddings postponed, and funerals where only a handful of mourners can actually attend. And just think, At one point I was saying to myself, it can't get any worse than this. But now scientists warned us that there's this Saharan dust storm and these killer hornets that are coming our way. (laughs) For goodness sake, can you even remember January of 2020? Yeah, the suffering is real. Friends, the suffering is real. And it can be soul crushing if we allow it to be. And that's what I'm preaching on today. The title of my sermon you see above you, When Our Burdens Become Too Much to Bear. And I want you to hear three lessons in this today. One is taken from a book from C.S. Lewis called A Grief Observed. So there's a grief to be observed during this pandemic. Secondly, a lesson to be learned. And thirdly, a gospel to be heard. A grief observed, lesson learned, gospel heard. So first of all, the grief observed. Why are we grieving? Why are we angry and anxious and fearful during these times? I'll submit this to you. Because I think in January of 2020, we had all our plans laid out before us. We made our New Year's resolutions. We had high hopes for 2020. We thought that there was a preferred vision of what God would do for us. And unless you're an extreme masochist, what we see around us did not in, was not included in our New Year's resolutions. If you're anything like me, you're upset. I get upset when my plans don't go my way, and I bet you are the same. I get angry when my plans for my future don't work out. So the question before us today is, will we trust in our own plans for the future or God's ways, God's plans? That God is providential. Let me ask you a question. What happens when sinful human beings get everything that they wish for? What happens when all their prayers are answered in the way that they want them to be answered? Remember the movie Bruce Almighty several years ago? Jim Carrey plays a, a great role. He gets to be God for a short period of time. And Bruce hears this cacophony of voices in his mind and suddenly realizes these are prayer requests. So he sits down in his computer and downloads the prayer requests so that he can answer them via email. The first download, 1,527,503 prayer requests. Overwhelming. Second download was even larger. Bruce becomes stressed out by this, he's overwhelmed Clearly he was not meant to be God. He's stuck, doesn't know what to do. So he hits reply to all, remember that? And what was the reply? Yes, to every prayer, every plan made by sinful human beings. And if you remember in the movie, the whole world begins to spin out of control. The point being, we are sinners. We have sinful plans that are not in accordance with God's plans. We have sinful prayers that don't always accord with God's prayers. And if we were to say yes to them all, it would wreck our lives. Only God knows what is ultimately good for us. So here's my point. In the midst of things we cannot understand, things that we cannot understand about God's plan for our future, things out of our control, we've got to learn to trust that God has a plan and that it's good. And that ultimately, he's going to weave all the sinful, evil events of our present age, he's going to weave those together for an ultimate good purpose, an ultimately good end. Paul says that in Romans 8, doesn't he? He says, and we know that for those who love God, all things are working together for the good, for those who are called according to his purposes. Ruth Graham once said this, she said, If God had said yes to all my plans, I would have married the wrong person five times before I met Billy Graham. I'm glad that there is one wiser than I am who is answering my prayers, working on my behalf. And even though we cannot see his plan, we know it's good. Garth Brooks once said a song, had a song called, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. So here's the deal, friends, never think that God is not working out everything for the good of those who love him. Second thing, the grief observed here, the grief observed, I want you to know that God cares for every hair on your head and every sparrow that falls to the ground. Jesus said that. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, aren't you worth more than a sparrow? And of course they are, and you are. God loves us and cares for us. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, God, the Word of God says, cast your anxiety on God because He cares for you. Psalm fifty five twenty two says, cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let His righteous ones be shaken. So observe the grief. Cast it on the Lord. Be real with God. Take Everything to God in prayer, even your anger. I know that there's a whole series of psalms, if you read them, that will provide you comfort. They're psalms of lament. Oftentimes, David would go to God in distress and trouble, in times of need, and he would cry out for salvation and for rescue. And it's okay to get frustrated and angry. He says to God in Psalm 69, verse 1, "'Save me, O God!' For the waters have come up to my neck. I sink down in the miry depths, and there's no foothold for me. I have come into deep waters, and the floods have engulfed me. I am worn out from calling to you for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail me looking for my God. What a prayer of desperation, frustration, and anger. The plans are not working out as I wish they would, would work out. And where are you in all of this, God? My throat's parched and I don't see you anywhere. God wants to hear our cries for help. The one thing that God cannot stand is apathy. The human heart that no longer cries out, the human heart that no longer believes, the human heart that no longer trusts in God's deliverance. Friends, God is good. God loves you. God cares for you. He wants you to cry out with all your emotions, even if they're frustration and uh, and grief-bound. Secondly, a lesson to be learned. In the midst of things we cannot understand, we need to understand that God is working on us if we will allow him to. Remember Joseph? Wonderful story. You remember it from Sunday school, Joseph in the Old Testament, What we remember probably is the coat of many colors, cute little kid, he was mistreated by his brothers, but that was not Joseph. Here was Joseph. He was treated with extreme favoritism by his daddy, Jacob. Joseph was a pretentious, haughty, arrogant brat of a kid. He was a downright jerk to his brothers. And in the midst of the favoritism, in the midst of the sinfulness, in the midst of the dysfunction, God allows him to be taken prisoner by his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold to a caravan of travelers down to Egypt. Jacob's heart is broken, thinking that his son has been killed by wild animals. God allowed it to happen. Down, down, down into trouble, Joseph goes. The reason was God was humbling Joseph. He gets a job in Egypt and it looks really good, but then he gets accused of raping the master of the house where he serves, uh, his wife. Truly, the guy couldn't catch a break. But you remember the rest of the story, right? God gives Joseph this wonderful ability to interpret dreams and visions. He becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man the second in command to the greatest, most powerful man on the, in the world. Joseph's dream was that there would be seven years of drought and God gave that to him so that he could protect the people of Egypt and ultimately protect his own family. For the next 20 years, God would shape and mold Joseph's character to be that of a man of God. He took this pretentious daddy's boy and turned him into a mature man, ready to lead his family, to protect them in Egypt. And remember the next time, after those 20 years passed, when he saw his brothers? They came to him, and he said to them, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. God meant for good. God had taken him through these tragic circumstances and taught him, as a mature human being, that he could weave all of these evil things together for an ultimate good outcome. God worked on his heart. So let's remember, never think that God has stopped working for the good of those who love him. In the storms of life, God is even now working out a great divine plan. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, God says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans for welfare, And not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Paul learned this maturing that happens in the midst of the storm. He cried out for God on many different occasions save me from this physical ailment that he called a thorn in the flesh. He kept crying out, but he never got the answer that he wanted. It wasn't part of God's plan. But in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, we understand why that was. God was using this ailment, as Paul says, to keep me from being spiritually conceited. To keep me from being conceited. To humble me and to shape my character. And then God said to Paul in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest upon me. And because of this, I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, because when I am weak, then I am strong." What is God teaching us in this moment? How is God shaping us at this time with these events? Perhaps God is teaching us to trust not so much in earthly political leaders for salvation, but to trust in Him who is Lord of heaven and of earth to put Him on the throne of our nation once again. Perhaps He's teaching us as individuals and as a nation that there are consequences when we draw our eyes away from God, for He is the source of all love and compassion. He's the source of unity and well-being. And then we wonder, why is there such unrest, racism, and violence? Perhaps we've turned our face away from God. Perhaps this is a season of humbling, as Joseph and Paul found out, a season when we will find his grace to be all sufficient for our needs. The one thing I do know is that in the midst of this calamity, this COVID-19, God can use evil things to bring about good. What you meant for evil, folks, God can turn into good. A grief observed, a lesson to be learned, Finally, a gospel to be heard. In Matthew chapter 11 today, verse 27, Jesus says this to them. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. Hear that, all things handed to me by my Father. He's saying that I am sovereign over everything. He has strength, mastery, control, lordship over all events. And this is very good news. Because if you let that sink into your heart, here's the deal. You can step off the throne and you can invite Jesus to sit on the throne. You don't have to solve the world's problems or carry the world's sorrows. You can give them to Jesus who has all authority over all things. We can begin to trust that God's got a grand design for us even in the midst of the storm. And guess what? If we believe that, We can give the future to Jesus. We don't have to worry about it. God's got it. He's handed all things over to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that the wicked, here's Isaiah 57, the wicked are tossed about on a sea, and it cannot be quieted, that sea. And the waters toss them up into the mire and the dirt. And the last verse, in verse 27, 21 of Isaiah 57, Says, there is no peace for the wicked. There's no peace in this world for the ungodly. But there is abundant peace for the Christian. Here's what Jesus told us this morning Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am lowly and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Has your burden become too much to bear? Give it to Jesus. Some people say that God will never give us more than we can handle. That's poppycock. That ain't scripture. The real scripture, the Bible would say, is God will never give us more than Jesus can handle. You know, that whole idea about being yoked, two oxen traveling together under difficult circumstances to plow the field in the spring. You know, one of the reasons you yoke them together is one may be stronger and more capable than the other. And they can work together, but, but the strong one ends up assisting and helping the weaker one. I wonder if that's not what Jesus is saying. Yoke yourself to me in faith. I'll carry your load and my load through this COVID-19. My shoulders are broad. My strength is unfailing. My love and care for you is unmatched, Jesus is saying. So cry out to me. Yoke yourself to me, and we'll get through this pandemic. And guess what? If we do that, we will have our character shaped as we move through it with Jesus. Paul says in Romans 5, suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. You know, Jesus rarely got angry, but he did on certain occasions because of lack of faith or lack of belief in him. Remember that time in the midst of the sea when the storm's raging and Jesus is asleep on the seat cushion? And they cry out to Jesus in the storm, the disciples do Do you not care that we are perishing? They wake him up. Do you not care? And Jesus gets mad. He gets mad at them. Do you not care? Jesus must have been thinking, if you only knew, if you only knew how much I do care, how much I love you, how much I'm invested in your well-being. if you knew my love and concern for you, you wouldn't question me. Do you care that we're perishing? If you knew your future, when I would have my body broken and my blood shed for you on the cross, if you only knew how much I love you, you wouldn't ask in the midst of the storm, do you care? So the good news for us today is that God does care. Jesus is in the boat in the midst of the storm. Jesus can calm the waters of COVID-19, but he wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to yoke with him in faith. So are you tired of traveling with your burdens? Have they become too much to bear? Well, come to me, all who are labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, Jesus says, and my burden is light.